hey ho, hello. Hey ho, hello. Welcome <laughs> to the after party. Hey. <laughs> There's a reason behind this, I swear. Ho. <laughs> yeah, we're the Mumford. Wait, so who's Mumford and who are the sons? I'm Just a to son. get it out of the way. Are we all Your the sons? sons? I think we're all the sons. Mm-hmm. It's like Hootie and the Blowfish, how there's no Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> there's only Blowfish. There's only two genders, Eric, and it's Mumford and Son. So, mm. you know, you got to choose one. Uh, oh, no. I, I like going up to a couple and asking them which one is the Mumford and which one is the Son. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are relaxed. We are sweaty. We are in our Camp Die merchandise because, people, it's our first after party for the campaign. Hey! Hey! Oh! <laughs> Our mic tracks are being so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was the guy from the Flaming Lips for a second. There you go. Bow. That's really good. My honestly, my goal is to be like the person laughing at the end of a take on like a studio record. (laughs) Oh my god! I know exactly what you mean. Like when they have small children doing a chorus, and then all the children are like. Or afterwards, someone's like, that was it. Like, that's all I want to do. That's all I want to be. I want to be the guy at the end who is like, all right, let's try it again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Brandon, that's how music works, right? Uh Uh-huh. Actually, yeah. All right. Beautiful. Uh, We have so much to talk about. You have so much to say. We have so much to answer. There's a lot of watermelon discussion, and I am looking forward to it. Um, But first, folks, we have some exciting additions to the Patreon that we want to tell the people all about. Patreon. Hey. Wee. I'll start with our goal, which I hear there are, Julian and Brandon are doing the dance where you make a little box around your face. <laughs> um, it's really good. Is there a name for that dance? Is that Vogue or is that something else? Vogue. I think that's Vogue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, there will here, heretofore be known as making a little box around your face. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's begin with our newest patron goal. So it, it, can you remind us, Eric, what happened to the last Patreon goal? What did we sail past and what did we achieve? That's right. At... Oh man, we passed so many goals. At 500, we went weekly. At 550, something happened. (laughs) (laughs) And then at 600, we got the poster from a wonderful Sarah Barra campaign too. I saw someone put their poster in a frame. So congratulations to you for knowing where to buy frames. (laughs) You're you're the fullest adult you can possibly be. So there are posters in a frame in someone's house, which is wonderful. So that's what happened at 600. Well, now we got to step it up a bit. And now we're going to do something at 750, right? Yeah. And uh, sorry, I'm just going to spin the little wheel here. Uh, Brandon, would you tell me what that is? Oh, um, I think it, I have no joke here. I, I will do a DM. <laughs> I will do a DM. <laughs> I will do a, a shot that is one, and I Woo! will DM. And yeah. Ho! folks may or may not know, depending on what I decide what that will be. But the three, the two might not know definitely don't know what that what that could be i'm mm. speaking very vaguely because i don't mm-hmm. want to give you any hints uh-huh. <laughs> brandon has some stands out there brandon has people who want to see him run a one shot multitude has a staff editor now who can edit join the party uh, <laughs> brandon uh, one shots a game and uh here we are it's gonna happen people 750 here we go also, just DM me and tell me who I should play for Brandon's for Brandon's one shot. No character concept is too weird. Please <laughs> let me know. You just play the the actual like human epitome of chaos. Yes. Hi, I'm I'm playing Loki, god of chaos. Uh, What's up? Uh, any pronouns? I'm gonna make out with five. myself in another universe. I just have to joke again. Say it one more time for me. No, uh, any pronouns? I'll turn into a woman halfway through. Okay, so you guys are making the same joke. Yep. Yes, exactly, yeah. 
So that is one exciting addition. A new goal, 750. Brandon DMs a one shot. Julia, would you tell us the the new new all about party planning? Ooh, yes, about party planning. So instead of posting on Mondays, we're now going to be posting every other Friday starting on July 15th, which is, oh, this Friday. Whoa. Whoa. Also, we are dropping simultaneous episode previews on our public feed on Fridays as well. So if you are not subscribed to the Patreon at the party planning level tier, there's going to be a little nugget, a little hint for you guys to be like, ooh, a little teaser, a little taste. What are they talking about this this time? A little hors d'oeuvre of your free, four favorite hosts. We are the yeah. cheese on the snack plate. That is true. It's true. It's true. We're like that TV show, The Taste, which is just a fancy spoon. With a on it. <laughs> oh, God, that was such a good show. I love that show. show. I still, that's the only thing I own on Prime Video. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to own it and I downloaded it. And I'm going to keep it to the end of my days. All right. Uh, we're just going to kill out 30 minutes of Amanda talking about the taste <laughs> and Julia come back now. Excellent. So that's our second little tasty treat for you is party planning before we were like, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to post it when we can. And then we liked it so much. We're now making it every other week and we're giving you a taste here in the public feed every other Friday. Uh, And then we have a third tasty morsel. Eric, would you tell the people all about our new Patreon tier? Yeah, baby. We got new tiers. So we have one new, new, new tier. This is coming out of the ground, rising up. We've grown it from a little seed. We are now doing ad-free episodes. No mid-rolls. We have now created a new tier just for that. That is the $8 tier. If you are in the $10 tier or above, you now will get access to those $8 to the the ad-free, but you need to go up from five to get to the $8 tier. Basically, $8 tier is ad-free episodes plus everything you get at $5, which is the Discord and the audio version of Party Planning. We are going to do it retroactively from the first episodes of the campaign. We'll get those up ASAP, and then we'll be releasing them as the new episodes come out. Yeah, because some people, you want to catch up on Join the Party uninterrupted. Some of you love the mid-roll. Some of you love uh, listening to our house, you know, keeping updates and our ads and a little anecdote that Eric and I start them with. And thank you. You're welcome. But some (laughs) of you really like listening to uninterrupted episodes. And we've decided, okay, that's cool. So if if that's you, if you want that, join the Patreon at $8. Yeah. Also, this is not going to change anything about how you consume Join the Party. So exactly. If you're at a $10 tier or above, you will get this already. You will get ad-free episodes in the Patreon audio, patron-only audio RSS feed that you already have. You can listen to them or not. You can listen to them or listen to the mid-roll or, or do whatever you like. And if you are at the $8 tier and you join newly, or if you're at 5 now and you upgrade to 8 We'll give you instructions when you join on how to get that RSS feed. Yeah. If you're at the $5 tier, this is the same thing that you use for listening to party planning. So it's just going to be right there. If you upgrade, boop, it'll be right there every Tuesday. The S in this RSS feed stands for secret. Ooh. And, the one, and the one before that stands for saving. <laughs> <laughs> you can join for an annual pledge and save, uh, get two free months based yeah. on your membership. And then finally, we have our highest tier and a little hat we're putting on the highest tier. Say oh, what? so jaunty. A very jaunty hat. So we're our party favor tier, our fifty dollar tier, is going to change a little bit. Now, Eric, you may have heard of uh, a supply chain of uh, yes, inflation yeah. of uh, rising costs of goods, and also not wanting to contribute to waste in the environment. Uh, you may have heard of all these things. So what are we going to do about them? So we are going to change the party favor tier from being stuff, from being a care package. Maybe we'll change the name, and I'll come up with a party pun after this. 
maybe it's not party favor because it's not things anymore. Party party planner. I'll come up with something else later, but we're changing the highest tier from stuff to time with me. You, we're going to have office hours with everyone's favorite DM of Join the Party, Eric Party Silver. professor. Whee! Party uh, professor is good. That's it. That's that's it. Party professor. Each patron gets 30 minutes with me via Zoom per quarter for you to ask me any games-related questions that you might need. We'll figure out a time for us to hang out one-on-one, so it'll be a Zoom. This won't be like a stream. It'll, we'll... we'll come up with a time for both of us to hang out and then above that the little hat we're putting on we're now making a hundred fifty dollar tier whoa this is the the fancy party hat the fanciest party hat in all of the land which is a one shot one page rpg session with the four of us and we're going to uh pick a one pager together and we're going to play once a year and it's going to be wonderful and you get to hang out with all of us and play a game because Whoa. we know how much you've been loving Goat Crashers and Space Party. Uh, so now you get to deal with us. Fuck yeah. Exactly. Love, Love it. it. We give the advice to other creators all the time that like when you make a Patreon, you should probably have a tier that's a little bit uncomfortable for you. That you're like, surely nobody will want to give me this much money a month for a podcast I make for free. Um, but <laughs> it's it's, you know. There are people out there who have money to give and think that the thing you're doing is good. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't agree with how much they think it's worth, but that's not <laughs> up to you. You know, it's up to the person. If a person's like, hey, I love your thing, and they tell you that in a tweet or an email or just by texting it to a friend, that's amazing. And some people do that with money. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to take our own advice here and say, like, hey, if you would like the experience of playing a one shot with the four of us once a year, if you're a patron at this level and you have this money and want to give it to creators who you think are doing a fantastic job and that's us one year. Awesome. Like, please do. Thank you in advance. Yeah. Yeah. And noted join the party listener, Steve Jobs. If you, <laughs> want, if you want to join this tier, this is for you. We know you love Grant Howitt and his games. So if you want to do that, Steve Jobs is coming board. I would love to play a one shot with a zombie, Eric. That would be so much fun. That'd be great. Right? Yeah. He would roll for brains. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to keep the tier called party favor because I do want to imagine our DM Eric in a little party favor bag. That's okay, true. That's fine. So we'll do, we'll do party favor and then party hat as the done because it's the Aww, hat on top. I nice. like that. That's really cute. Okay. I may have to request Eric some uh, some Canva graphics for each of the tiers when you uh, when you get some spare time. I'll have to do that. I also like there's going to be no pun for ad free. <laughs> I just want you to know it's going to be party invite at five, ad free at eight, party guest 10, party city 20. Party interrupted. Uh, party oh. interrupted. Oh, shit. It's the cops. <laughs> That's the $8. They arrested the ads. Oh, True. no. True. Yeah. So, Amanda, will you summarize everything very quickly? Absolutely. So, uh, one, you're getting party planning more. If you were a patron before and you're a patron still, you're going to get it every other Friday without fail. And you, everybody listening now in the main RSS feed, you're also going to get a little preview, a little taste, a little ma- smor- a mackerel, a little smor- smorkel. A smorkel. A little, um, a smorkel. A little make it smorkel. A little... <laughs> I was trying to say morsel, snack, and smackerel all at the same time. Oh, boy. It just happened in my mouth. A bag and smorkel. Exactly. Yeah. From suits. And then we are adding to the Patreon two new tiers, okay? We're adding the ad-free party uninterrupted tier, $8. If you want to listen to Join the Party Without Ads, you can do that now. And secondly, we are adding a little party hat on top. We're giving you an option, if you have lots of money and love us, to play a one-shot with us, all four of us once a year for as long as you're a patron at that level. And finally, the $50 tier party favor, which we have several patrons for, and we love you all very much. You are now going to get time with Eric once per quarter instead of stuff 
instead of things in the mail. Because the postal system is burdened, things cost a lot more than they used to, we don't want to add to waste in the world, and isn't quality time better than stuff anyway? Wisdom has more value. That's true. Yeah. People always say experiences instead of materialism. This is what we're doing! Exactly. So those are all the new and exciting things happening at the Patreon. If you're a patron already, you're getting more stuff. Congrats. If you're not, uh, it's a great time to join. Please come on over. Also, if we get 750 of you, Brandon DMs a one-shot. Yeah, come on. Hey! Make me do work. Oh! Hey! <laughs> okay. It is so exciting for us to be continuing, adding, improving, bringing you more and more. Because, hey, the camp spirit, I think, has gotten <laughs> into all of our bones and pores. So, folks, shall we talk about Camp Die? Shall we talk about the campaign? Let's do it! I yeah. would die! For Camp Die! I would die! For Camp, camp Die! Yeah! Hey, that's the thing I said and all you're saying. <laughs> Yay! Yay! We did it. Oh, folks, so much to get to. I am so, so excited. So first, of course, we released our planning, our world building episode, and then episode one, which is Monster of the Week's episode zero. It was our kind of like training day when we learned all about camp, learned about the NPCs um, and the other staffers at the camp. We have lots of questions and things to say about them. But first, I think the thing that we got the most questions about, the thing that we got the most comments about, the Brandon What the Fucks, um, which is a new addition <laughs> to our, uh, our, our lingo. Uh, the music slaps, Brandon. Uh, explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> First, I want to take this opportunity to thank Eric for giving me the little present in a bag of the perfect setup for a title sequence Yeah. in episode one. <laughs> Tell me about that. Tell me about that. Oh, I couldn't help myself. I mean, here's the thing. The artistic language we're doing in the campaign is TV. Right. Like I get to have an imaginary camera and I get to do all the stupid tricks that you do on a TV show where you you start it and you have cold opens and you get to like turn the camera 360 degrees around and stuff. So I thought I, I couldn't help myself and do like a beginning of the television show thing. And uh, then Brandon just made it fucking slap. Thanks. Thanks. Only because I only slap because you slap. Do you see? Uh, damn. We all slap. Um, we all slap together. It's like a metaphor for violence. Is that what's happening? <laughs> a little circle. We all slap each other. <laughs> eh. There were a lot of people who were very excited about the theme, myself included. And you can buy it, by the way. Join the party pod.com slash merch. Oh. Um, but uh, Skrokengen said, uh, Brandon, how do you keep making the theme better? As a musicology student, I must know. So uh, let's let's get nerdy. Uh, how how did you approach this? How did you remix and improve on and make somehow perfectly campified our join the party theme? Uh, talking to a musicology student is an interesting perspective for me to talk to this. I think, honestly, the answer is I got older and <laughs> learned more. Yeah. The thing that I try to do every time is I, I take the little nugget, which is always the melody, obviously, which is the thing that you sing and then everyone sings and dances to. And I just imagine, like, what if, what if, what if melody but different? And, like, if you... Same the same way you would imagine, like, let's draw this character in a horror movie or draw this character in like a period drama, romance, whatever. It's like, how would they dress differently? And that's sort of like how a metaphor of like what I'm thinking of. And luckily, like, I don't have to be like super original. I can just pull from existing genres and what people expect from those things. So like as your musicology student, you would probably uh, if you're doing modern music, you would read about like, yeah, how. The certain chord progressions we use mean different certain things or yeah like what what instrumentation portrays what vibe for people for lack of a better word i mostly think about like all right this one's gonna be camp 
I think we either offhandedly or, or purposely talked about like what the influences were. I know that in our process, you started writing this music after we had done our world building episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Eric, I think you followed up with some kind of notes about like feelings and mood and things like that. Um, you did for our artist, Alison Wakeman as well, when she uh, redesigned the cover art. So do you remember if you provided any like reference points or, or adjectives to Brandon? No, I don't think so. Not to Brandon. Uh, I also want to say that, like, sure does help that you know how to play the mandolin, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not a thing most people know how to do. That's true. It's like, well, my deep, my inspiration was that I know how to play a, a little, a little guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Someone at some point said luminaires, and then I was like, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Brilliant. Well, it was after you shared the first draft, and we were all very excited to listen to it. And I was at home, and I think I wrote something like, I hope this is not offensive, but this is luminaires in the best way. And you were like, oh, yes, it is. And I was like, oh, phew, phew. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was looking for. And, and it's easy, again, when you're just trying to, like, emulate a genre. Like, I know exactly what things to pull on, which is, like, the hey-hos, the the stomps, the claps, the folk instruments like mandolin and acoustic guitars. It does help that I, yeah, I, I taught myself or I took some lessons and then learned mandolin in college because I'm a ridiculous person who gets bored a lot. So I learned other <laughs> string instruments. But that, it was fun for me on a personal note. It was super fun to me to do this one particularly because I did, because I've learned so much and have built up my studio. I actually did get to record the mandolin acoustically. I recorded the bass myself. Like I actually got to record uh, instruments instead of using strictly software instruments before. So that was super fun for me. But yeah, I'm glad you guys like it. It's so good, Brandon. Thanks. Very so good. good. I am the bird at the end. <laughs> I'm the guy going, ah! <laughs> I do regret not asking you guys to say hey and ho and throw those in the in the show. We'll, we'll, we'll just do it now. We'll just do it now. We'll just do it You now. have the tracks. <laughs> hey, Julie, can you give Brandon the stems? Yeah. Can you, Julie, can you release the hey ho cut on Patreon? Would that be okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get those from you, put them, align them in the track, and then just solo those out and then put that out. Oh, nice. Incredible. Hey, I would love that. Hey, is the melody... So good. And I will remind everyone I'm not a musical genius. I, that was a sample that I took from a sample library before, and then I just rearranged everything about it. Was so. it the Madden Kim like sample YouTube kit sample thing? Was that what it was? So Converse used to have studios. Yes. Or I think they still do. Oh my god. Called Rubber Tracks. What? Um that I've yeah. been to a lot in New York and it's a dope ass studio. Um and they used to take samples from the sessions they would record for musicians for free and it was part in order to get your session for free you had to supply samples from your sessions oh that's cool so they had a whole library of stuff and i don't think it's around anymore but i think someone from someone from someone who had a name hot hot heat maybe was that musician and they just like jammed and i picked out a little section that i liked so that's so funny. That's I remember. Amazing. I remember when you showed that to me. You must have went to our old job, and I was like, I was like, this is Matt and Kim's stems. Where'd you get? These? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and you were like Converse, and I'm like, that's that doesn't make that's any not sense. An that's, answer. Answer. that's not an answer. <laughs> the coolest thing about going to the Converse studios is every time you go, you get to when you leave, you get to go into their big closet and take a pair of Converse. <laughs> oh, that's Whoa. is that true? <laughs> that's if that's a lie, Brandon, you have to tell me. I'll be really sad, but I, I need to know. It's not a lie. I got free Converse. What? That's really cool. <laughs> oh that's my tight. god, amazing. Well, in terms of building our world, we went a lot into our inspirations in our um, in our world building episode, of course, talking about Gravity Falls and Monster of the Week and our camp feelings. So if you're curious about any of that, listen to that episode. It's, it's a great place to start. Why don't we hop into our first plot episodes, beginning with, of course, 
the icebreaker. Eric, would you remind us when all went down in episode one, the icebreaker? Yeah, um, I told you guys we're going to play in character to two truths and a lie. A real Eric Silver joint, I have to say. As mm-hmm. is, we just saw the uh, the new Top Gun movie recently, and one of the all the call signs are like Maverick, Iceman, <laughs> like cool things from like two you know two syllable like awesome monikers. And then one guy's in the new episode. Skip forward fifteen seconds if you don't want to know an extremely minor spoiler for Top Gun Maverick. There's planes. <laughs> His call sign is Bob, and I'm like, that's an Eric Silver joke if I've ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, that was really fun. I just like there was a there's a lot of orientation in camp, especially for staff. And I thought that like because you guys are counselors in training, very much in this liminal space between being a camper and being staff, and you're gonna have like a lot of people telling you things. I thought it would be really fun to have like a full episode devoted to that, which is similar to the exposition you would do in an episode one or an episode zero so I wanted to combine some of the stuff that the director was saying that eight that assistant director Z was saying that Jane was saying with like you all sharing your characters meeting some more people and then eventually ending with Steven mm-hmm. yeah which um Hervacio characterized as a real fun WTF right out the gate it yeah. was just so perfect like if you got a block of marble and chiseled <laughs> the perfect Eric joint out of the marble, you would get a the image of of Stephen the skeleton. Yeah, exactly. Hanging out on his lawn chair, <laughs> growing watermelons, sucking them dry, discarding them, and then an eight year old being like, "This is normal." That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Uh, I was really committed to kicking things off from the jump. Uh, the campaign is going to be 20 episodes max, right? So I needed to set some stakes from the beginning. I'd also done a rewatch of Gravity Falls recently, and I really liked how the enemies were set up from the beginning, which is something that, you know, I kind of buried the lead on a little bit in campaign two. So I really wanted something very funny to start from the jump and the big bad to be known right from the beginning. So Steven, I was just like, man, what if he's a skeleton? What if he has sunglasses? What if he's like the embodiment of chaos in summer? I just, I wanted it to go from right from the beginning. I also wanted you all to be able to talk to Steven. That was a really important thing, which I think all of you Eric, did. you told us so many times we shouldn't talk to Steven. Some of us tried, Eric. Some of us tried. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did. I wanted that to happen. Dir- Director Lowe was going to tell you not to do it, <laughs> but I wanted Steven there for you to talk to yeah, yeah. the entire time. And I knew I had to, and Steven's saying one of you was going to betray the rest. So good. I wrote that in my notes. So I, I needed to say that i i'm so glad that you you all liked steven and, and steven will be around something that was really important to me was kind of as director low was explaining who steven was i like that steven was not the name it was just the moniker we gave this like skeleton trickster figure it's the um, latest in a long series of names right <laughs> i written down it basil bub coyote a satyr he was in the lion the witch of the wardrobe <laughs> he was he might have been one of the horses of the apocalypse etc so i wanted to bring about like all of the possible traditions or mythologies or stories that could have come from the various different things that we know whether we're talking about like a pan-americana thing i know like coyote is the trickster in a lot of native american tradition so i wanted to honor that but also like the stories that other people tell i mean there's like the tall tales thing uh that's there like he might have also been a big blue ox at one time you know i just uh, it's like we don't know who steven is now this thing is a skeleton with sunglasses but now we we have given him the name of steven as director lowe said of like 
yeah, this is what we call this fucking guy who's yeah. so annoying. Yeah, and because we're telling, like, a very uniquely Pan-American story and, like, North American story, I think that the folding of all of these different traditions into what is the central trickster archetype of Steven makes a lot of sense. For sure. I think there's also something from Monster of the Week that's helping with that. Like, when I when I come up with monsters or creatures that are, like, the main baddie of these stories, Monster of the Week is really interesting in the way you put this together, that you they need to, like, fall into, like, a particular archetype of, like, intention. You know, like, do you have an assassin? Do you have, like, a queen? Cool. Do you have, like, a brute? Do you have someone who just wants to destroy? So Trickster is one of them. So making me clarify what archetype I'm working with I think is really helpful. So Steven is, like, big, big Trickster energy regardless of how you consider trickster in your own traditions or or fiction reading or or whatever i listen eric i didn't know that about monster of the week and i was just talking about archetypes and i love that we <laughs> combine <Yeah>. forces <laughs> no that's that's amazing and i think pushes against you know some of the the limiting nature of D coming from a war game where there is you know someone you are opposing and your aim is to like chip away all their health to their dead and that's the end of it and i think you've done a great job eric on the show so far of you know complicating monsters and opponents and enemies and saying like everybody has their own agenda and if you're opposite me then maybe i think you're my enemy but it may not be the like you know dragon lurking in the cave that you have to slay and not think about kind of why or how and i one of the freedoms that i'm feeling from monster of the week and that i'm so excited to explore in the campaign is like what what other forces exist here? And, you know, are you necessarily my enemy? And what do I have to do about that? Yeah, I love that conflict because, like, in the... Do you guys remember in the episodes of the campaign two where uh, Milo decided that to team up with Gutenberg because, like, they had the same intentions <laughs> and motivations and they worked Spoilers. together? Spoilers! And... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's because Gutenberg told Milo he reminded him of himself at 25. <laughs> remember? I also hate shorts. <laughs> Hey, you you seem really fucking weird. You want to come on my side? <laughs> my Just some white guys ripping it up? Are you good? Is you like that? <laughs> Gutenberg did say that to Milo at one time. That he did say that. We just cut it for time. Oh, we did. We cut it for time. I did say that once. It was very funny. But yeah, no, it's Monster of the Week has been really interesting. I think we'll touch on a lot of this. A thing about Monster of the Week as well is that like you can't. For most monsters, especially ones that have like capital W weaknesses, the thing about monsters week of the week is you need to figure out how to defeat them first, or you can't do damage. Mm. That's a very big deal. So, for example, if you were fighting a prototypical vampire, you would need to figure out which of the vampire mythologies are real. Mm. And they'd be like, yeah, dude, I can fucking come in your house whenever you want. What, the, what do you mean? <laughs> but like, but garlic is real. So then you'd be like, oh, we got to get this garlic. We're going to make a garlic bomb, et cetera. And then you can do damage. So there's a lot of like, instead of just like doing what you're good at or like, I'm going to do a level eight spell. Instead, it's like you need to do the creative thing or you need to figure out what's real and what's not in order to progress in a Monster of the Week game, which I think is why like Les's character exists. You yeah. know, someone who's not necessarily good at, like, fighting necessarily, but is good at information because it's, like, 50% of the game. Yeah. Hell yeah. Totally. And we're lucky to have a character like Les on the, on the team, on the oh, best friends. Stop. Oh, a, stop. Sorry, let me, let me train my mouth into saying this. 
and a person who rolls as well as Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone, by the way, mentioned they're like, well, you know, the highest that someone can roll in a Power by the Apocalypse game is a 12, which is like average for Brandon. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, that yeah. person, fuck off. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you. It's very funny. Yeah. Another thing about the class, and I think we'll get there as we talk about characters, is like you got to stay in your in your playbook, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that that's that's been a real thing that we've been uh, starting to touch on, and we will touch on as we listen to more episodes. Um, that like your the thing you do is the thing you do, and when you're put into a situation where you're not good at it, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Amanda, you know what I'm realizing? I think maybe someone put a curse on us or something because, like, mm. as your role started getting worse, mine started getting yeah. better. Something's it's happening. It's a real gift of the magic situation yeah. where um, I got you some die that only roll well and you got me some that only roll poorly. And I That's... sold my watch and you cut your hair? Is, yeah. that, what, is uh-huh. that what happened? I got a comb for dice? I'm confused. I don't know. <laughs> well, if we want to reverse the curse, we just need to get a cow as white as milk, a cape yeah, as red as blood, yeah, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Julia, I got you Meryl Streep in the first Perfect. act of the show. Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I watched that finally. I watched the whole thing. I'm, I understand the jokes. I'm included. Yay! Aww. Oh, you had to watch James Corden sing. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> that was it was. And Chris Pine dance. Brandon, just watch the the stage production. It's on YouTube. That's what I watched with. All right, with go, go, yeah. go, go, go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good God. Well, yeah, I was like, why would Lauren show you the the other one? <laughs> Do you have paid time off? Are you okay? She has taste. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But speaking of Monster of the Week, speaking of our characters, you know, one question that lots of folks ask us is like, how is this new system feeling? How are you enjoying Mm. this? What is playing Monster of the Week like? Let's start, please, with my fellow players. How are y'all feeling about this new system and about playing teens specifically? So uh, to start with the system, it's really interesting to play something off of D&D that is so rules light in the way that we just do stuff and I don't usually have to roll for it, which is kind of wild. Like I keep yeah. trying to roll for things and Eric's like, no, you can just do that. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Dad, you're supposed to stop me. You're supposed to stop me when I do wild shit. I do think there's something helpful about playing different Powered by the Apocalypse games. And maybe this is Amanda Amanda and I are okay with this because we played a Masks game. Yeah. We've talked about Masks a little bit. You're playing teenage superheroes. And the main thing that they say is like, you can just do regular things that your powers allow you to do. Yeah. But only once you push yourself to do something extraordinary, then do you have to roll. And that's something that, that I'm trying to allow all of you to do. So it's like, oh, I want to climb up a ladder really fast or I want to run away or I want to hide or I want to sneak you can just do it until you get into a situation where there's like a breaking point you know what I mean yeah Uh, and in terms of RPing as like young adults it's really interesting because well I'm coming from a character that was like extremely confident with Val and now to Phoebe who is the opposite which is like it's just like it's playing a person with no confidence that's what I think being like a young adult player character is hmm. sorry julia none of that resonates with me no no <laughs> carrie Ann has all the confidence in the world <laughs> well like carrie ann is is like motivated by a mission so i think yeah. that helps in terms of her confidence and also the fact that she has the next 60 years of her life planned <laughs> yeah real. and it's gonna happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fuck yeah did you just think that through eric <laughs> no i just love carrie ann so much i know i get it 
I think for me, I, I won't lie, like, I think the system was in- intimidating for me and is, is still getting but, but getting much better through the help of Eric walking me through stuff and talking with me at stuff. But I think for the exact same reason that you just mentioned, Julia, that it's better for you or like, um, I don't know, better, but it, that's what's making it difficult for me is because there's not enough rules. <laughs> and mm, so, yeah. like, I don't have the guide rails that I normally have with D&D. And a lot of that's just familiarity with the system, and and once you get familiar with it, you you understand it and you can can play it and and mold it better and bend it better. But um, mm-hmm. I am definitely a person that needs a sandbox, and to have the sandbox at least just expanded a little bit is like disorienting for me. But I think it's getting better, especially this last uh, session we just recorded that you'll hear in a while was really I felt much better about this game system and. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that's thanks to our the guidelines of our good of our good GM. Our good keeper, Eric. That's me. I, I would love to say more about this, but I need to hear about Carrie Ann. And also the <laughs> goddamn, the, I listen, for all my NBA jam heads out here, Amanda's been heating up with Do- Dr. Bertha Bones, and <laughs> and true. she's about to be on fire with goddamn two in a row. I love Carrie Ann so much. How are you enjoying being like, I can think of a character we haven't had on the show before. Yeah. Someone who's confident, but also like an asshole. Like, <laughs> like Val was very confident, but always doing things for the greater good. Yeah. I don't know if that's true for Carrie. Uh, I'm sorry, Eric. Are you forgetting Rose Gold? <laughs> <laughs> Rose sure, Gold, Rose too, Gold. though. It, like, Rose Gold wasn't in your face about her um, It was passive aggressiveness. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Is Carrie on my wayward son anything? Is that something? Yes, yes something. It is. Brandon, that's it. exactly it. That's yeah, exactly it, it. As the one person who's a Supernatural fan on the call, Brandon, <laughs> I appreciate that joke. <laughs> Vidalia Rose also asked about how much of your younger selves are in the PCs and NPCs. And I know, Julia, you've said in the Discord and elsewhere so that yeah, there's there's a lot there for you. Brandon, I'm curious about your experience. For me, you know, Carrie Ann, like I always sort of, much like realizing I was bisexual, okay, when I was like 10 or 11, it followed me on this journey. Um, it, it's like uh, John Green said, a little bit and then all at once. A little bit and all at once where you're like, it's strange that I'm noticing boobs a lot. Um, and then and then like two years later, it's like, oh, yes, there is a there is a, a word and a reason for this. Mm. And for Carrie Ann, I'm like, I don't know, this is the character I'm kind of drawn toward. And it is reminding me of how as a child, I, I felt like, trapped in a child's body and I was like if anyone would just ask me my opinion I could tell you how to fix things like the immigration <laughs> system my family dynamic um, the way this office is organized uh, the way that like this classroom is run like if you could if you would just ask me I could be like yes I know what to tell you to do and it would be better uh, I was wrong some of the time but I, I was right a lot of the time and nobody ever asked me but the confidence was there the confidence was there and the confidence was you know beaten out of me by life um, and I realized like oh I need to I need to like pretend not to have these opinions to have friends. Uh, is that a thing I'm still unlearning? It sure is. Um, <laughs> but as usual, role-playing games provide a fairly safe and, in my case, public environment for working through my <laughs> childhood therapy. trauma. Um, so, yes, Carrie Ann uh, is, is, you know, the child that I was without any of the inhibitions and with one specific thing to channel that into. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm glad that my other, uh, my fellow players are not uh, throwing me out of the game because it is so much fucking fun to be, uh, to be selfish and wild. I love that. Your character is so good. Why would we throw you out? <laughs> How do you feeling about the, 
the system, though. I'm curious. Like Eric said, playing masks for uh, we played it for like most of lockdown um, and we had very regular games with previous guest on the Patreon, uh, Marquez, the DM, mm-hmm. um, our GM as um, as our GM of masks. So I was familiar with the system and that is not as big of an adjustment for me. Using my moves has been interesting and we'll talk about kind of magic and specifically like being a person who doesn't use magic in Monster of the Week is different to playing like a superhero in masks. So that's the one thing I'm kind of wrapping my head around is, you know, Carrie Ann's thing is is assisting and like that's the move I chose and that's something that we you know almost got to see come into play um, in these last couple episodes and and you will see more oh I think we definitely got to see a lot of it like the oh, yeah, your... you definitely use it in the first day yeah, yeah yeah your help your help move came in oh, and when right. you, and when clutch, you like smeared twice. blood on things. oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah cool for sure many questions and also answers to come when we come right on back from a uh, little, little break in the kitchen little refill of the charcuterie board I'll be right back get bug juice yay it's camp Hey, it's Eric. My mom is here. She's in the office right over here as I'm recording, and I think that's pretty neat. Everyone say hi to my mom. You can wave. She'll see it, definitely. Welcome to the mid-roll. We're going to go get dinner later. It's going to be fun. First and foremost, thank you to our newest patrons, Aiden Loves January, Wise Girl the Bean, Holly, Tamar, Donald, Marcus, and Whimsical. Listen, the beginning of this episode is all the good stuff that we're doing with the Patreon right now. We think you're going to like it. If you're not a part of the Patreon, you got to get on it. $5 a month for party planning, ad-free apps at $8 a month, video content and $10 a month, and more and more and more. You heard it. Patreon.com slash join the party pod. Once you've caught up with every single episode of Join the Party and you've read it a bunch of times and you've sent me your ideas on themes and you listen to all of the campaigns again to make sure that you didn't make any mistakes and then you email me again, you can listen to plenty of other shows that are part of the Multitude Collective. If you like Amanda and Julia, you're definitely going to like Spirits. Spirits is a history and comedy podcast focused on everything folklore, mythology, and the occult, told through the lens of feminism, queerness, and modern adulthood. Every week, mythology buff Julia and her childhood friend Amanda get together to learn about a different story from mythology and folklore over drinks. That's everything from the mythological origins of major franchises like Lord of the Rings and Wonder Woman to modern urban legends to a roundup of werewolf stories from around the world. Start listening to any of the nearly 300 episodes they've released over the last five years. There's so much to enjoy, whether you're here for analyses of mental health in mythology or creepy modern ghost stories. Dive in at spiritspodcast.com or search for spirits wherever you get your podcasts. We are sponsored this week by Tor Books. They think that fans of tabletop RPGs will love the book Daughter of Red Winter by Ed McDonald. Here's a quick synopsis. All her life, Rain has hidden, lied, and run to save her skin. She's made some particularly bad choices along the way. So when, for once in her life, she decides to be kind and rescues an injured woman in the snow, that becomes the most dangerous decision Rain has ever made. Sounds really good. Page Turner, quick action, dialogue, and Rain is a main character with a great mix of tired cynicism and youthful hope. 
aren't we all? Aren't we all just a, t- a great mix of tired cynicism and youthful hope? Check out Daughter of Red Winter or Daughter of Red Winter, now available wherever books are sold. And now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. There are plenty of ways you got to be intentional to take care of your mind. You can't, like, take it out for a tiki drink or buy it new clothes or go to the Poke Center website and buy a giant Snorlax for it to fall asleep on. But what you can do is give yourself a break. It's it's really odd when you have to, like, think about your mind and your mental health as something separate from, like, your waking self is, like, there's me and then there's my body and then there's, like, the environs in which the me who is speaking lives. It's it's confusing. But you need to be nice to it so that all this stuff can function together. How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. And the equivalent of taking your mind out to a tiki drink is finding therapy and BetterHelp can help you with that. BetterHelp is one way you can access therapy, meeting with a therapist via phone, video, or even live chat. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours and switch to a new one for free if you need to, because finding the therapist that's right for your mental health is actually one of the hardest things that you have to do, and BetterHelp makes that super easy. If that sounds interesting to you, our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash join the party. That's better H-E-L-P dot com slash join the party and now back to the show eric from your perspective how is planning for these sessions different to planning for 5e um for example like we had our icebreaker episode yes but then we also of course got into the first day part one and two our episodes two and three our first mystery which is the parlance that we use here in monster of the week so i being a person that lives with you saw you look up and go oh i have it now and then kind of decide on the mystery of the first couple episodes but how have you approached planning this if planning a dungeon and dragons session is 10 percent good idea 90 percent mechanics a Monster of the Week mystery is 90% good idea, 10% mechanics. Mm-hmm. My nightmare. <laughs> it's really hard. So, like, I will be, like, the night before, I'm like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. And then I write it down in, like, 30 minutes. It took me a really long time to get my head around it, to figure out exactly how we're going to do it. I asked a lot of people about their opinion, especially Marquez, who's been running uh, Powered by the Apocalypse games for a long time. And, and, like, throwing ideas off of people. I've been throwing ideas off of Misha somewhat a lot in the beginning but it was more like does this hold water i've also been using zoe our merch (laughs) person at dftva as like a rubber duck because she's really good at that and she's played a ton of different types of games because uh her partner is also a game designer so she's very used to like non D &D mechanics Mm -hmm. and also she loves she's a a cryptid she's a cryptid lady shout out zoe she's the best shout out to zoe so buy buy zoe's cryptid tarot yes and buy all of our things at jointhepartypod.com so it's So I've been throwing a lot of ideas at people before doing it. Basically, like, I could talk about this for a really long time because it's all I thought about for the last few months. I taught myself how to play Monster of the Week. I taught myself how to plan it. And then I taught you three how to do it. And it's been like it's it's been a really long process. I've been I've been trying to figure it out. It also helps that goddamn Monster of the Week made a second edition and didn't tell people about it. (laughs) 
So I was using a first edition manual for a while until Julia pointed out that's not how experience works anymore. And I'm like, fuck me. So I remember doing that, but sure. Remember the experience was when you rolled like a like two targeted skills. Then oh, you got fuck experience. That. that sucks. And then like Julia was like, that's not what it says on my on my cheat sheet. Yeah, I think sheet. Julia like, just happened to have oh. the, the second edition the manual because you bought yeah. the actual yeah, book, right? So. Yeah. Yes, because yeah, yeah. you have the book, but I had a PDF and then uh. I had to find the new one. So the other thing that people don't see is that I have on my uh, Adobe Acrobat, I have a cheat sheet. Mm, that's fun. A, a cheat sheet. <laughs> Wait, for, no, sponsor us. It's def- so expensive. No, I don't want to spot. No, I don't want Adobe <laughs> we shit. We don't want that Adobe money. So at all times, I have the Monster of the Week Second Edition PDF. I have the Tome of Mysteries PDF, which is the supplement that we that we use in addition. I then have the Keeper reference sheet. I have the Hunter's reference sheet, and I think I have then I have my own notes up at all times. Monster of the Week is very rules light, but the rules that they do have are very specific for making the game works. Yeah. So for making the game work, so you can't just be like, ah, whatever, fuck it. Yeah, roll it. Make the saving throw. Do whatever. You really got to follow what they say because it's the the form is following the function because we're playing a monster of the week television show we're playing gravity falls we're playing x files we're playing supernatural and like you can't just like fucking freewheel that because it's a very specific genre that Mm -hmm. we're playing we're playing a television show so we need this the the successes and the middling successes and the failures to be what's been written um to that end i fucking love it and there's a lot of things that they've written in here that I will then move, especially when it comes to perception and investigation. The, the rules of investigate a mystery and read a bad situation have been so helpful in clarifying storytelling and like why I don't need to write things down because you're going to ask me an agreed upon question <laughs> and that like you can only choose one is really it has been very, very helpful. And I, oh, yeah, I that's really true. love that. Yeah. And thought about yeah. that. That's true. Yeah, you can you you know how you would answer those questions because the questions are spelled out what we can ask. Mm-hmm. To that end, I actually the the way that you plan a monster of the week session is like you come up with like the people and the places and that's it. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is like you need to have a good idea. You come up with the monsters and you come up with the NPCs and maybe a cool new place, but like you do I do not write down how shit goes down. I don't even write down the clues necessarily. So everything is based upon what you all want to do. For example, in the in the first day, I didn't know necessarily that you would want to go check out Frankie. However, Les has the move, go see the trippers, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I knew that was in his bag, but I didn't necessarily know it was happen. And also, things changed because you decided to go to the swimmer's cabin instead of immediately go to the trippers. Yep. That's why you ran out of time and then shit went down. That's why Jane got hurt. Exactly, us, that's guys. why Jane got hurt. But I didn't write that down. I knew you had to go back eventually because that's where the mo- that's where the waterhole monster lives in the waterhole. But like, I didn't write down the clues you were going to find in the swimmer cabin, or necessarily that Frankie would give that to you. I kind of thought that like you you could find whatever you want, and you were all really interested in diving, so I, I pulled that out of the shack. But like. The other thing that they do let you do is you have to write down what would happen if no one intervened in kind of like, a, you know, six events that would happen mm. if no one stopped it. Right. So that's where I pull from. But like, it's only like for inspiration. I really don't write down all that much. Yeah. Terrifying. Amazing. I know. Yeah. You're really giving me a heart attack here. 
<laughs> I probably it's all Brandon. It's all fine. I got. I'm getting a little bit better at it, but it's it's certainly it's certainly a change. We're all anxious here. <laughs> we are. Speaking of the trippers, Brandon, how did it feel to meet the the heart of the cards for Les's playbook? Oh, it's cool. I was excited. I think because um, Eric and I had just talked about archetypes, and so I'm always excited to see what Eric comes up with to fill out those sort of like archetypes of things. Oh, so you were just like the leader, the like rafting guy yeah, exactly. or whatever. They were all skills based. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So Frankie was the, what was Frankie? Frankie did diving. That yes. was the thing. Yes. Oh, Frankie right, was the right. diver. Yeah. yeah. So of course. I love, yeah, I love seeing the sort of rich richness that Eric can pull out of his brain to, and to give to characters. Cause to me, they're oh, just like, you. you know, 2d cardboard cutouts with the word diver <laughs> written on them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's funny that you did that because I, I really liked touching on in the first mystery the ambiguity of if monsters were real or not. And I think that, like, we hadn't touched on it a little bit because, like, Les was pretty sure they were real and Phoebe was very sure they were real and Carrie Ann didn't care because she was at camp. <laughs> so I, I liked how Frankie was like, well, according to my cryptozoology, the waterhole monster shouldn't exist, but should I be telling people that monsters don't exist? I don't know. And I think that that was kind of a real interesting push and pull that I got to do because it was like your move as a as the searcher who is very into monsters. I thought that was very that was a very cool thing to do and using that as a plot point. Yeah, I, I would characterize less as as the David Duchovny. I want to believe. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like not necessarily that he does believe, but he wants to. And Julia, we got to see you unleash your powers as well how did that feel how did that feel as a moment and what are you thinking and feeling about boo having perhaps some lasting consequences from that um okay to answer the first part of the question magic and monster of the week is like really interesting because mostly it's just i tell eric hey i'm gonna do this thing Mm -hmm. with magic and eric tells me Either, yeah, you could do that, or no, nah, that's not going to work. <laughs> you say it, I go, lol, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so because magic is so like weird and flexible in Monster of the Week, and it's something that I'm still adjusting to, I always feel almost like nervous about using my magic, which is hilarious because it feels like such a true Phoebe thing to be very nervous about using her magic. So uh, it's interesting. Yeah, magic is really funny because like theoretically all characters can roll magic. Yeah. All you have to do is roll plus weird. But we kind of took that away to make sure, which shout out to Tome of Mysteries, if you want to play more of like a X-Files game instead of a Supernatural game where like Dean Winchester can just like do magic, I guess, or some shit, yeah. <laughs> or, or an angel just shows up. Like, I like that it's this is only Phoebe's thing. Mm-hmm. So, and like, man, the effects you can do with magic are so wide ranging, and the glitches are so big. Yes. There's also a fun thing about big magic, which we, which I, I didn't really understand, but like at any time you can like do a capital S spell yeah. in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer sense. Like rituals and whatnot. Exactly. Where like all you need is like a grimoire and some shit. <laughs> and like I need to come up with what the shit is. Like research and preparing though. Like the whole thing with big magic is it takes much more preparation than mm. what Phoebe does which is just like it happens. <laughs> but I like that because you don't need to be a magical person to do big magic. Right. You yeah. just need to. So you that's time very materials. cool. It's very cool. Yes. So it's like Phoebe can do spells but anyone can instantly like a like a fucking spell circle the way that i see it in my head not to be a fucking marvel fan here is like the way that wanda slash scarlet witch's magic is at first 
and then big magic is like Stephen Strange level of magic where you are preparing a thing and learn how to do magic through research and spells and whatnot. Sure. All right. All of us need to go around because Julia said the magic words that we all need to do our Benedict Cumberbatch American I accent. No. <laughs> Hello, I am Stephen Strange, American guy. Go Yankees. Hello, <laughs> Peter. Welcome to my townhouse. <laughs> Those are too perfect. I can't. I can't oh talk no! Yeah, we can't. We can't come up with that. <laughs> I think we need to Doctor Strange spin our way into the gaming character question corner. Oh my Sounds God. good. Ready for some uh, some rapid fire questions from the Discord and also Instagram and Twitter? Yeah, hit it. Uh, thank you, New Yorker Amanda McLaughlin. I, Let's do it. I love and frequently eat pizza. <laughs> Give me a Incredible. slice, Peter Parker. I only pay one dollar for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> It is not a a pound only of pizza, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Well, speaking of character voices, Delia Sully, great name, would like to ask, Eric, do you have favorite character voices? And does the character voice that you choose for a character end up impacting how much you like them? Oh, good question. I'm going to answer for you. A hundred percent yes. hundred yes. (laughs) Good question. No, I really try not to play favorites. I really like doing funny ones and surprising people, but I really try not to play favorites with the NPCs. I do think that once they're off and running, they're kind of like their own individuals. I talked about this a little bit about Dez in campaign two. They're like, Dez wants to do what Dez wants to do, and that's what Dez sounds like, because I don't sound like this. Like, Dez, when I go into Dez's voice, I do what Dez wants and not what I want necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to embody that a little bit more. Because, like, and also I'm trying to stretch my range of character voices a little more. Like, obviously, I love Boo, but I also love assistant director z a lot mm. in that like it's not only a voice it's like a thing you say it's a vibe. like i like every time i speak as dire- in assistant director z there's like a, a a slash of lightning in the background <laughs> you know it's funny it sounds very similar to your benedict cumberbatch voice <laughs> weird need to put that on on our little uh assistant director z supernatural um side effects question mark nope oh. you guys keep referencing yeah. this tv show that i don't know what you're even talking about what is i don't even know no. Dumb. But no, Assistant Director Z is like, he's like, I'm going to kill anyone who gets in the way of my camper's fun this summer. <laughs> and like, Carrie's like, yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Tell me who to kill. Yeah. <laughs> Feels very like a Goosebumps adult or like a mm. Are You Afraid of the Dark adult or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like so. on a TV show where the adults are only shot from like their feet. Like, from the regrets, right? Where like yeah. often they were just like be the feet in the background like or like peanuts. on Toy Story. Yeah. yeah, peanuts, right. Yeah. So uh, I don't like to play favorites, but there's definitely, I mean, it's, sometimes it's just funnier to say something in a voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Always. Always. Yeah. Sure. Always. <laughs> yeah. It's always. always funny to say things in voices. Mm-hmm. All right, here's our new Patreon tears. <laughs> Fuck, we should have done that. Give me eight dollars. No ads. Fight the man. Like it's it's just funny. It's just funny. President Nethra would like to know, Brandon, how'd you manage to give less a child a deeper voice than anyone you played before? <laughs> uh, that was a choice. I because like, you know your options are either for for voices, you either go higher or lower, and I usually go higher because it's easier for me. And yeah. so I wanted to try to. Give him. I'm not successfully doing it very well, but my intention is to do an impression of the climber Alex Hanold or Alex Hanold or I don't know how to say it properly, but where he kind of has this like deep down in his chest voice and he kind of like does a little bit of a stutter, like not literally stutter, but like a um, shortened speaking pattern. 
So that was my that was my goal because I I think it's a fun a fun voice for a climber for a very confident climber boy. Mm. Well, it's because Les went through puberty when he was seven. That's yes. the real. We, we, we talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Julia, the question surgeon Michelle Spurgeon would like to know, has Phoebe always had magic or is this something that is developing now? Hey, so I know the answer to that. Eric knows the answer to that. But for mm. you guys, it's a who can say. <gasps> who can say. Ooh, exciting. We'll get to that in just a moment. Michelle also asked, and I think it's a great clarification corner to dip into briefly. Ooh, the lighting is so good in here. Ooh. Are our characters actual camp counselors or are there older people in charge? Eric, would you remind us how CITs work mm. and if it's perhaps a metaphor for the liminality of, I don't know, adolescence or other things? Yeah, it's the thing Amanda said. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. When I went to summer camp, the oldest age group were also CITs, which were counselors in training, but they were also campers. But I know other places with summer camps hire like their young youngest camp counselors are CITs, so they're counselors in training. They're interns, I guess, in a summer camp sort of way. They are assisted usually by other staff, which is why, like, I've kind of organized this program to be, like, the CITs are in pods of three, and they're kind of just, like, out in camp helping people out, and then they do get training from Matthew Jane. Training training like Matt like they talk to Jane if they have any questions or they, they probably you know we cut all of this out of the show but like you know you spend 60 minutes reading pedagogy and you're like this sucks <laughs> and, and then you have to take like a quiz that Jane is giving you uh, and patting you on the head while it's happening that was my favorite episode, so I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> that was part of the unreleased session that we did beforehand as practice. Oh, I forgot about the unreleased session. Yeah, uh, someone asked what happened during that. Uh, a lot of shit. That was really fun. Can I say what it was about? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, that's it. Unless you're planning on reusing it for something. like. No, 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 no. I, I burned it. This is from, the, so I decided to choose something from the world building episode, and I burned it. Basically, there was a Mario Party-esque game called Fruit Fight 5 that oh, basically God. possessed people and made people f and made people fight each other. So good. And that was like a phenomena that you guys need needed to tackle. And then there was like a death cult that was cursing Fruit Fight 5 CDs. And then and then the, the kid of the parents who moved there from the death cult like was at camp and you had to destroy it which I thought was really cool. So that I, we burned that one, but that was a really fun session. I'm glad that we played one off my Glad we practiced with that too. Party star. That's true. That you Brandon rolled so badly. He was so Les was so addicted to Fruit Fight Five. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he was. He fully fell. And I rolled shockingly well, which was great, but not yeah. as good in this one. I think Les punched an 11-year-old in the face. I don't be Did I? I don't remember. No, no, you punched one of the counselors. You oh, you punched, punched one of the counselors in the face for getting, like, for like take, taking a pomegranate from you. It was really <laughs> funny. It was like it was like everyone was super aggressive in the way you know how people hate each other during Mario Party. That's what I was I was yeah, playing yeah. off of. But that was really fun. Eric, I have a couple. I have like a question and a complaint for you. Um, so oh, no. this uh, this one is from Lena. When will you stop making me fall in love with your NPCs? That ne was the complaint. Never. And um, and the question here is from Finn. Where did the idea for Jane come from? He's perfect. Oh, Jane. I love Jane. Everyone's best friend. And for me, it's a real, like, your friend's older brother crush vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wanted there to be, like, a cute older counselor boy. I think this was when John Cho was promoting a new movie. So there were, like, a bunch of profiles up about him. And I was like... 
yeah, John Cho. And also, like, he wrote a Who's YA. cooler and hotter than John Cho? Yeah, seriously. No and he wrote a YA novel about, like, that was had inspirations of him as a teenager. The name of the book is called Troublemaker. The cover of the book had a illustration of him or whoever the main character was who was like him. And there's a really great... Oh, look at that. Look at that Jane right there. Yeah, there's a cover <laughs> of, a of like, a, a teenage boy who I kind of envisioned as Jane, but then I, like, campified him a little bit. Um, as I read, there was a line from Superbad that's, like, when you look into his eyes, it's, like, listening to the Beatles for the first time. Yeah. And, like, that's what I did for him. Um, I don't know. I just really like that. Uh, Somebody also asked me why his last name is Jane, and I'll tell you. It's because his parents are both non-American. His mom is Korean, like, from Korea, and his dad is, like, from a Scandinavian country. And they both met, like, in Norway, and then they moved to the United States. And their last name is something that has, like, berry in it in, Nor- in Scan- some Scandinavian language. Lots of, like, circles over the letters, and Amer- <laughs> American immigration's like, I can't write that I don't know anymore. what this is. So they just changed their last name, last name to Jane. I wrote, down the- I wrote down his parents' names somewhere, but um, I had thought about that. And I also wanted to keep the tradition of calling people by their last names alive so i thought that calling jane jane was very was very fun that happened to your family right going from a word that wasn't silver to silver oh yeah we went from zilbergelt to silver somewhere which is uh a name that's tight as fuck it is a cool name it's a good name Just a couple more questions here for us today, folks, because there is so much more to uncover and explore for camp die moss would like to know did you consider calling the campaign camp Pain. Yeah, we said it at the end of the world building episode. We did consider that. We did indeed. But... I still want to shout out Brandon for writing the short story as a child. Thank you, Brandon. So Incredible. Funny. There's a copy of it somewhere. You'll never read it. <laughs> hey, at 700, at se- hey, at, at, um, at 900 patrons, could we read that story, please? <laughs> yes, please. Brandon's dad, you're a patron. You can make this happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I still think it's so funny how the first thing that happened with Brandon was like, I wrote this, and then Julia's like, oh, you mean Camp Diogenes? And we're like, we're off and it's running. Yeah. We're here. Formed. We yeah. did it. That's Amazing. what happens. Sometimes someone says something, and then your brain is like, fill in the blank, Julia, and then <laughs> you have a fully-fledged thing. I also want to say... My favorite joke, and I hate that I'm saying my own favorite joke, but something I I was thinking about as I was prepping episode one was like, someone needs to say, hey, don't don't say camp die in front of the campers. Hey, quick branding, uh, quick branding note right here. Because like that's so something that would happen from going from camp to staff yeah. is you can't say the nickname everyone yeah. says. That was like really that one was really important to me. So beautiful. And uh, another question on everybody's minds: MK eleven oh nine is one person who asked, "Does Ducky Juice just grow up to be sour Anthony? Is it a mirror universe? No, different, universe? it's different people. Yes, different people." Mm. Dougie Juice is much richer than Sour Anthony. Uh. Sour Anthony has real, a uh, real working class chip on his shoulder. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, finally, folks, we have, of course, some spoily corner Woo! because there is there there are dog days of summer left to stretch out and more mysteries to explore. So, uh, first from Abby, is the land on the other side of the wall with Stephen? Stephen's universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. That's pretty good. It's a good question. It's a good joke. Dominique asks, will the moss on Boo's head heal? Who can say? I want to say yes. <laughs> Only because I don't want to hurt Julia. I don't want to hurt Phoebe that hard. I'm not hurt. I'm I like the idea that Boo just has like a smear of dirt on his head for the entire <laughs> Permanently. summer. And then when he gets to school, someone wipes it off and they're like, oh, it just it wipes off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, here's one that you definitely want to answer, Eric. Uh, from Mel118, what's up with that watermelon rind? Yeah, Eric, what's up with the watermelon rind? And um, Stephen also eating watermelons. Hey, is there a connection there? Mm-hmm. I like it. It's pink. 
Alex says, what is the deal with Steven? Put your fans' speculation to rest. Hashtag watermelon life. <laughs> okay, so here's what's going on with Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Never, Alex. That's how we That's how we live is on your W2Fs. Wyvern apologist, as someone who leans firmly lawful on the D&D alignment chart, Karen getting into trouble has me more worried than the moss growing out of Boo's head. Hmm. Hope it doesn't happen again. Hey, Wyvern apologist, it, I'm worried for Amanda, too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Worried for Carrie Ann. Amanda's fine. <laughs> oh, oh, there's no, um, there's nothing in like fiction or storytelling about someone being devoted to an institution and then maybe being disillusioned as you realize that the institution is made out of people and is not like a flawless thing. There's no stories about that. No, I've never so, heard of that before. So, no. Amanda Amanda's going to have a bad time with her boring character. <laughs> yeah, I'll just be sitting around like, everything's fine, and I have no goals. And, well, you know, and the director and I are best friends, and it's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, I called her mom once, and it wasn't weird after. And finally, from the question search in Michelle Spurgeon, have spooky things always happened at Camp Die, or is it a new thing? Mm. And exactly how many children are allowed to go missing before the camp gets shut down? Mm. Who can say? That one's easy. They have an official policy. It's four. <laughs> <laughs> per year, though. Per year, per, per year, year. Per year, per mm. year. I hope no one is like surprised with the with the light horror elements I'm putting in this thing. Oh yeah, it's gonna get dark, y'all. <laughs> get ready. I mean already lightly dark. I mean lightly already dark. it's like yeah, fucking Jane, his his legs go in the wrong direction. Mm. That's like the level. Like a K. <laughs> that's the level of horror I'm putting in. Is like hey, that person's very injured. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. Yeah, we'll see. It's not called Camp Die for no reason, people. That's true. You know, it's because everyone dies. It's based on my original novel from 1998, <laughs> and I will tell you, everyone died in that. So, oh no! Yeah, but Brandon, you wrote that when you were on Percocet, <laughs> and you were and you were living in Bangor, Maine, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's different. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. Much more to come. Lots of updates over on the Patreon. Whenever we make a big housekeeping announcement, by the way, we put all the notes in the description. So if you want to review all the changes and see what's new and click on over to the merch store, the social media, the Discord, any of the fun things we have going on, check it out in the old episode description. And until next time. Bye, guys. Later. It's summertime. Mayorals trend ever upward. Party star. Oh, he said it at the same time. That was pretty good. Twins. Uh, and twins. <laughs>